Welcome to Inside Yorkshire with Susan, bringing you intriguing details about the lives of people here in Yorkshire. So, come on in and join us. Hello, Susan here, Inside Yorkshire. Now today, I'm sitting opposite a professional travelling storyteller, Rhoda Fraser. Hello, Rhoda. Hello, hello. An interesting career choice, I think. I, I know that you are, that from an early age you were writing, weren't you? So I guess maybe we could start at the beginning and you can tell me what inspired you to actually write. I think uh, as an only child, I developed a vivid imagination, Susan. And at school, I won the Brooke Bond Award um, when I was 10 for creative writing. And, you know, when you get something that says you're OK, it really spurs you on, doesn't it? Yes, definitely. And you were living then in Arkengarthdale, weren't you? You're a, a, Dales, uh, a Dales woman born and bred. I am, yes, certainly, and very proud to be able to say so. Yes. I went to Arkengarthdale School, and um, as we're speaking now, it's a sad tale to say that uh, it will close this summer, of course, but uh, we hope for a reunion before then. Yes, that will be good, yes. Now then, so at the age of 10, you you were given this award. What did you actually win? What did they give you? I won a book and I still have it, Susan. Uh, it was um, a fairy story book. And of course, that's a wonderful way for children to start learning about books and stories and using their imagination, really. And I do feel that now that I can say I'm a professional storyteller, which has just occurred this last year, um, it means that I can encourage children to use their imagination and not just watch the TV or play on the games. I mean, I enjoyed reading as a child. And you use your imagination because you place yourself sometimes inside the story, don't you? You do. Now then, also, um, I know that you've uh, that you have been involved in a few other things. That you've written a book, which was um, Yorkshire humour. Oh gosh, that, that you wrote a while ago. That was a while ago. I've in fact done four. When you say books, Susan, I mean that sounds grand, doesn't it? But it is a book. I've well, seen it. <laughs> oh bless you! That's very kind. It's sort of a small leaflety book, really. Mm. Um, what happened was. My parents used to get the Dalesman and there was a letter from Australia and it was a lady that had lived in England as a child and she'd emigrated to Australia but at the back of her mind she remembered a poem that at school she learned as, as we all sort of used to I think didn't we and it was a poem that started there's folks that don't know Yorkshire think it nowt but mills and mines and could anybody that read the Dalesman please let her know the rest of the poem? Well, I always enjoyed poetry, Susan, and so I avidly looked every time in, in that department of the Dalesman. Nothing appeared, and I thought to myself, well, I'm born and bred Yorkshire, maybe I could write something. And so I did. And I sent this, her name was Irene in Australia, and I sent this to Irene, who was absolutely delighted. 
but it did me a great favour. It got me started thinking. I enjoyed writing poems. And so that was in the beginning of 97. And I've got, I only know that because I've got the poem out here to show you. Because I'd like you to read it, if you you wouldn't mind. I don't mind at all. But, and so it was Irene that kick-started, really. And I love writing poems now. I've just called it Yorkshire because we didn't know what it was actually called. There's folk that don't know Yorkshire, think it's nowt but mills and mines. But once a visit you have made, round you its love entwines. The folk that come from Yorkshire, they're a breed that's set apart. The women are right good bakers and have a warm and open heart. Now our house is always known to have an ever-open door. Folks pop in from here and there. Well, that's what a home is for. A Yorkshire home is friendly, with cats sat round the hearth, a clippy rug and some right good logs, and folks that's down to earth. So if on baking day you call, you'll want to stay and chat, just to smell the smells and taste the fare, and know Yorkshire's where you're at. With Yorkshire parking and homemade scones, oh, you're in for quite a treat. So ham and hook, hang up your coat, park your bum, and stay for some at eat. But Yorkshire has more to offer than that. The countryside beckons to you. The moorland wild, a world set aside. Climb a hill and drink in a view. The curlew will call, the pheasant will strut, the wild game will fly on the wing. Look down to the valley, and there you will see a church and a hymn for to sing. On a Sunday the doors are open for all. Congregation numbers are now few. But the Lord said, where two or three are gathered together, I will be among you. Once the church was the hub of the dales. Times are a-changing, they say. But for those who live by the faith, on a Sunday they meet and they pray. Music is a part of the dales, a church or in village hall, concerts given by local brass bands. Oh, it's a social occasion for all. Pea and pie suppers, Yorkshire cream teas, sports days out on the green, annual church bazaars and harvest home sales. Visitors with locals are seen. The visitors come to see all our deals. It's Harriet country, they say. We love it just the way it is, unspoiled in every way. So let's all enjoy God's Yorkshire and never spoil our lot. Just tell your friends around the world it's a canny little spot. Rhoda, that is beautiful. I really love that. Oh, thank you, Susan. (laughs) It's a bit of fun, isn't it? Well, it really does paint the picture of what Yorkshire's all about. I think think so. so. And funnily enough, you know, pea and pie suppers, and we're sitting here surrounded (laughs) by tables and chairs, and the peas are bubbling because... This weekend coming, well, tonight, in fact, we're having uh, a pea and pie supper here, of course. And then tomorrow night again. 
So it it goes on, Susan, doesn't it? It does, it does. And I thank you so much for actually <laughs> sparing us the time. When, uh, <laughs> oh. I, I cannot imagine what it must be like to prepare a, a supper for 40 people just uh, <laughs> impromptu. Well, I've done it for Well, a you've while. done it a, lot, a few uh-huh. times, haven't you? What is the charity that you're raising funds for this time? Well, tonight it's for the Methodist Chapel at Brompton on Swale. And tomorrow night, it's for a group that's just started in Richmond. And it's an Alzheimer's group that holds an event uh, every Tuesday afternoon in the town hall in Richmond. And it's a friendly afternoon cup of tea and carers and anybody suffering from Alzheimer's are most welcome. And it's from one until three in Richmond Town Hall on a Tuesday. It's Dementia Forward are the group that run that and they're a lovely bunch of lasses and they work very hard in the community and we're just building up really a few numbers now. We've we've been going for a couple of weeks now and it's volunteers that come and help and make the cups of tea and the cakes and things and we're there to chat to people and one of the ladies has brought her knitting and so it's great fun. And so, obviously, being a new group in the town, it's good to have an event that will bring forth, you know, show people that we're trying to raise money for that group to support that group. So we hope we have a good night on Saturday for Dementia Forward. Yes, that's uh, well, that's excellent. I'll take the information from you on that and put it in the notes oh, as well. Oh, thank you. So that we've got that in doing. Now then, as a as a storyteller yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, you have, I think, been telling t- children's tales as well as ghost tales. I have. I try to spread myself around so that I can um, be something for everybody in every taste, really. I did start off with the ghost walks in Richmond, and that was about 14 years ago. So it has taken me on a massive journey, Susan. Um, I started off. It was with the Town Council and North Country Theatre and they wanted to do something for the visitors to get them to understand Richmond a bit better, really, I suppose. And so Nobby Diamond, who famously uh, had the North Country Theatre, put together a script. And I have seen him recently and I have told him that please don't come on the walk because your script is nothing like my script now. (laughs) (laughs) People tell me new stories all the time, Susan, and it's very exciting. I can expand. In fact, I could probably do a whole day of ghost walks now, but I promise I won't. (laughs) (laughs) So whereabouts were you actually leading the ghost walks then? Around Richmond itself? It is. It's around the marketplace in Richmond, and there are so many places that have history. I mean, Richmond is just a total history book. There is so much. And I know lots of people are very passionate about the town. It is an absolute gem. In fact, it was voted the second best place, I think, in the country, wasn't it? It was, yes. Earlier this year. Mm. And how proud are we? That's amazing, isn't it? And actually the best in England, I think. It wasn't the other one in Scotland. I think so. I think (gasps) so. I might have that wrong. Well, I'm right (laughs) behind that, Susan. Mm. Um. I think it's important that the people of Richmond and the visitors can know, understand the history 
And so the ghost walks are a fun way of looking at the town's history. Um, history comes in lots of layers and I cover different periods of history. And I talk about the people that have lived here, that have worked here, and that spiritually just can't leave the town for one reason or another. Um, I have a very special friend in one of the shops <laughs> and he always appears when I'm there, I'm told. I have had some mediums on my walks and they tell me he's as I describe him and he stands behind me in the shop window and listens while I'm talking about him. Really? Could, yeah. you, could you share his name? We don't know his oh, name. Oh, you don't know his no, name? Unfortunately, that is a shame. We know what he looks like. He has a long jacket on and he tends to be a little stoopy and jingles things in his pockets. It's money that he does collect rent from the building that he's still in. Um, and I'm dressed in the era that he lives in, of course, or he did live in. Mm. And so he must be very confused in a way because <laughs> I'm there chatting but apparently, if you're a spiritual influence, you see us as the ghosts. So you're in your timeline and you see the cars in Richmond, for instance, as the wobbly bits, the ghostly bits. You will see your horse and cart. So a ghost can see things from the past. That's right. They, they, they can see the future. As, you know, as well, as well, but, but yes, wobbly. Yes, yes wobbly. <laughs> Just as I suppose if we see ghosts, they tend to be a little wobbly That's at right. times too. Exactly. <laughs> as one of the little boys in the castle said to his mum, those wibbly wobbly people, mummy. <laughs> really? Yes. Yes, well, children, I think, sometimes tune in a bit better than we yes. as adults do. They haven't got all the mundane, everyday blurb in their mind, have they? <laughs> <laughs> But going back to the children, which you did ask as well, yes. um, from the ghost walks, I was asked to go to the museum, the Dales Museum at Horse, to storytell there. And the friend that asked me said, we'll be having some children during the summer and, and we'd love you to come and be a storyteller. I, I said, oh, Jane, I'm not a storyteller. I said, uh, I don't even know any. But she said, we came on your walk for an hour, you told stories. So you are a storyteller, Rhoda. And it made me think, really, maybe. So I took on the horse job. And for that summer, I told stories to children in the museum. And that really kick-started me into thinking, what a great thing to do this is, meeting new people in different places. And using my great imagination, of course. So Jane said, why don't you apply for a grant and do this, you know, full time? So that's exactly what I did. Uh, didn't really think I'd get the grant. And as you know, grants take a lot of work to fill in all the forms and all the background, really. But I was extremely lucky and the Arts Council England awarded me a grant. And so I did a year of storytelling. I, I took it, well, I took myself and my stories with my gazebo and my wonderful um, coloured coat. Coat of it. many colours. Yes, yes, yes. With the animals in the pockets and things like that. Um, and I called it Stories in the Park. 
and I went to the lovely orchard at Reith, for instance, just one place I went mm. to. So I travelled into areas where really children during the summer holidays maybe didn't have uh, exciting things to do. If you're in a town, you maybe have museums and things you can go to and that put on events. But if you're in the countryside, there isn't always... Well, if you're a farmer, of course, there's always something to do. Your dad will find you something, won't he? <laughs> but it went well, and I was thrilled, um, and I fulfilled the criteria of that year. But then my husband and I bought a business, and I had to become involved in the business. Uh, you know, that pays the mortgage, doesn't it? Mm. And so... For the last 11 years, I've worked uh, in the business that we own. And I was 60 last summer and I said to John, it's no good if I don't go on to try to storytell full time. Now, I'll run out of years. Run, run out of steam, won't you? <laughs> yes. I won't be able to put the gazebo <laughs> up and, <laughs> and carry around all the things. I do tend to travel with a lot of props. I think the visual thing, especially for children, is great. And if you happen to have a naughty person, maybe giving them a puppet to play with can often divert the fidgeting mm. um, to what you want. Yes. Just listening and mm. being involved, you know. Yes. So it, you make it quite inter quite interactive then for the children, do you? I do. And I think that's really important. Mm. And I have to say, Susan, each time that I go somewhere, I always find that I have a, what I call a magical moment, really. For instance, I can remember the Richmond Meet um, weekend. I was in the park there with my gazebo and a little girl had been listening with her grandma amongst other people. And then she said, Rhoda, can I sit on your chair? I said, of course you can. Rhoda, can I tell a story? And this little girl, who I would think was maybe six, sat on my chair, held up a toy or a, an animal that we had with us, and made up a story about the animal. And her grandma was just blown away, I think, really, as we say now, don't we? And it was one of those magic moments for me, really. So a storyteller in the making. Yes, I think so. Competition for me, maybe. Six. <laughs> she might outlast you, stamina-wise. I think she might. I think she might. But of course, as you know, I love dressing up. You do. And so I dress as Frances Iansen for the Ghost Walks, who was the sweet lass of Richmond Hill, of course. Um, so I have a lovely dressmaker that makes me a costume or costumes, um, and she makes them in the style and the right sort of material of that period. So although they're sometimes a bit awkward to get into, um, they look right, mm -hmm. and, and you feel right then. And sometimes when I'm taking the walks, the ladies particularly are interested and ask about the outfit, of course. I mean, I don't particularly talk about Frances Iansen, but I haven't told you this, so you might be interested. Her, her mother um, was a Hutchinson. Her maiden name was Hutchinson. And as you might know, so was mine. Um, her parents came from Arkengathdale, 
there were farmers there and um in fact my parents originally were farmers and from Ark and Gaffdale. So there we are. Um, um, I always try to claim to be a distant relative because it makes it much more interesting. But you very well <laughs> could be. I could. It, I think it would take a lot of hours down at North Allerton <laughs> mm. at the archives. But yes, certainly. And I feel that people recognise me now in Richmond in my costume um, or my coat, for instance, and they know what I'm doing. I'm just devising a new walk um, because the obviously 14 years of ghost walks, I shall still continue that. But I feel the people of Richmond that have supported me um, might want something new. And only recently I was asked to talk about um, people of Richmond and I did some exploring by reading into James Tate, our famous headmaster at the old, what was the old grammar school. And of course, that's a new huge project going on now in Richmond, so we wish them luck. But so I'm developing Tales by the Swale, I'm going to talk, call it. And that will mean that we'll have a new route. We'll start in the marketplace, but we'll progress down to the river bank and along the swale to the state, the old station there. And it will incorporate Tate's chatting about Tate the headmaster and his wonderful career in Richmond and Tate's Invincibles, the young men that went off to Oxford and Cambridge. And when you think back, what a coup that was in those days, you know? Marvellous to think little Richmond here out in the sticks was one of the best and well known throughout the country in those days. So very proud thing. Now then, I think, I'm not sure if there's anything that we've missed for covering. I know we could go into a lot greater depth um, um, if we want yes. to, but I don't know if there's anything else you particularly wanted to talk well, about. Well, I suppose I could tell you that um, last year I developed a couple of new events um, and... I love working in museums. I suppose Hawes at Countryside Museum set me off on that leg, really. Um, and last year I worked in the Richmondshire Museum through Zoe, who organises things there with her volunteers. And we ran a Dale's Tea and Tales. So I used Grandma's China and my parents' China wedding presents to make to give the atmosphere of the Dales, really. And I went to Leyburn and bought from Andy's Bakery all the food. And then people came and they had tea, a Dales tea, and I talked. My favourite occupation, I suppose, <laughs> my husband would say, um, for an hour. And I talked about what it was like living in the Dales as a youngster. And my mother was... Um, very much involved in Dale's things. So we were Methodists, and of course Methodists always do a good tea or supper. I don't know if you realise that. And so really I was carrying on what Grandma had done with her china, what my mum did with her china. And we had a wonderful time in the museum at Richmond. And we had a full house in the little crook house there. 
and we made some money for the museum, which was great because they always need volunteers and um, money to keep going there. And the people that came said, I mean, I just talked as I'm speaking now about um, memories, the history of the Dale and that sort of thing. And they said, that was great. That really took us back in time mm. almost, especially since we had the teapots and everything. And Andy's lovely food, which was all homemade, and it was things like the Dale's cheesecakes, which are nothing like cheesecakes that people get in a restaurant, you know? Is it um, like a curd, is it? It's a curd tart, you would mm. call it. But, of course, in the Dales, all the ladies had their own personal recipes. Um, Andy, the baker at Le- Leyburn, uses his grandma's recipe book. Um, and so they are true to the Dales. So I felt that it was... Everything as it should be. Appropriate. And I'm luckily taking that to the Wreath Museum this year. Um, And that'll be great. That's in June, a Saturday in June, at the Wreath Museum, which is, of course, sort of local Mm. again to me. So that's going to be great fun, I hope, there. What sort of numbers can you accommodate for that? Well, we had 15, I think, at the Richmond Shire Museum. Um, I mean, I, I do tour with this if anybody would like me to come to them. Um, I I have, I suppose, place settings for roughly 20, but I have a friend who has more china. Um, it won't be my grandma's china, obviously, but uh, I can manage 20 with the china I have, really. So that's great. Uh, and obviously, I buy more food. Yes. Oh, and homemade bread. Oh, it's delicious. Mm. No, that sounds brilliant. It's fun, really. Mm. And I've done it, you know, I'd started it last year at the museum at Richmond, and I didn't realise how much I would enjoy it myself. You know, this is what we call work. (laughs) (laughs) Reliving the past, really, isn't it? It is. And, you know, it's keeping the history of the Dales Mm. alive, which you know, it's really important, I feel. I I do Dale's Tales otherwise for sort of WI groups, which is I've bunched together five or six stories. So Summer Water, for instance, which is a lovely old story. The Drummer Boy of Richmond, which is our staple diet down Mm -hmm. here, of course. Um, And those sort of stories. And so I, I have got an hour of just folk tales of Richmond and the Dales as well, which I take to WIs or church groups and things mm. like that. Um, and that's always fun. I've now started a collection of drummer boys, which you see on the mantel shelf here. <laughs> Would you care to, to share one of those stories just to um, finish off with? Oh, certainly. Which um, one? Shall I tell you the drummer boy story? Yes, because, please. of course, he's here with us. Um it was many years ago in Richmond, and it starts. My story starts at Richmond Castle, of course, which was the start of Richmond. If it hadn't been for the castle and Alan the Red, we would not be living in Richmond now. But there was a, a regiment based at Richmond, and they all had a drummer boy. Now the drummer boy would be dressed in the regimental outfit, and he would beat his drum for the men to march to. If you can imagine that. So 
not a very good job, really, because he would be at the forefront of marching to war. But of course, it was a marvellous thing to be chosen as the drummer boy. So that's the background to the story. The two chaps were just while in time away, really, and they found what they thought would be the entrance to um, an escape route, really, from Richmond Castle. But they'd heard the story that it would run to Easby Abbey, which was probably a mile or so down the river uh, Swale. Well, they wanted to know then, of course, was this the real place? Was this the secret passageway? It was a nice day, and so they called the drummer boy and said, beat your drum really loudly, and we'll follow. They just wanted a nice walk to Easby Abbey, basically, I think. And this is what happened at the beginning. The drummer boy was down the passageway beating his drum, and the two chaps from the regiment were having a nice walk down the marketplace, of course, in the right direction, they thought, and so on. But halfway to Easby Abbey, the drumming stopped. Hmm. Oh, they did wonder. They listened and l tried to think, had he gone further forward without them knowing and so on. But no, one of them said to the other, look, we'll put a stone here to mark the place where we last heard the drummer boy. And this is what they did. They went back to the castle expecting to see the drummer boy at mealtime. No drummer boy appeared. And the next day, no drummer boy appeared. In fact, Susan, to this very day, the drummer boy has not appeared, either at Richmond Castle or Easby Abbey. But if you're walking your dog on a dark night, that large drummer boy stone is still there. It's now got a plaque on, so you can't miss it. And if it's a very dark night, you might, if you listen carefully by that stone, just hear the drummer boy beating his drum still. Now, to be frank with you, I think he got perfectly fed up of being down that passageway, dumped his drum, made an escape to Easby and lived happily ever after. Let's hope so. I think so. <laughs> Let's say that's a good ending. That's a much, that's a much better ending than what it the rest is. of us are imagining. I know. Yes. Gosh. In fact, the passageway is still there. I haven't been down it. But Richmond is actually full of um, various passageways and underground tunnels, which I do talk about on my ghost walk. And uh, if you want to look, the obelisk in the middle of the marketplace there, there is a little door that's locked. But um, the council have filled in the base there, so even if you were to break in, you couldn't actually get anywhere, sadly. But uh, I've looked inside and I found the workman doing some renovation there and said, can I peep in? And I was thrilled and delighted to be able to take a couple of photographs uh, as, as to what it's like there. Because I talk extensively on my walks of all the routes underground and so on, and the drummer boy, of course. Um, so I was, ter well... I do tend to guess I'm quite an excitable person, really, to be honest, <laughs> if if I'm truthful. Um, so it was lovely to be able to see inside the obelisk after all the years I've talked about it, of course. Mm.
But yes, the route seems to go from the castle uh, to the obelisk, and then we can you can get to Easby Abbey. And it did used to go in the other direction as well. You could get into Kenwan's cellar, the shop there, and that's obviously blocked. They're all blocked now, unfortunately. But, you know, if you could just step back in time, <laughs> which I do in my imagination, mm. of course. I had no idea that there were lots of passages oh, underneath. Did you not? No, I didn't. I mean, I know the drummer boy story. Yes, yeah. But I didn't yes. know the rest of it. Yes. Um, you can get into some of them still. I've looked into some of the passageways, and it's just amazing. They're properly built, and they have, you know, the Dales cottages all have a footpath up, mm. up to the front door with stone slabs it's stone slabbed on the base you know just like a footpath and so <laughs> on and it's magical in a way mm. really it's another layer of history of richmond isn't it Definitely. which we talk about a mm. lot on the ghost walk so yes mm. certainly so i think that is a very good taster for anyone wanting to find out more about it, <laughs> to come on one of your walks. I'm oh, very tempted you. to get myself booked on one too. Yes, do, certainly. <laughs> right. So if anyone wants more information then to find out about yes. when when you're giving your walks, it's through the tourist information or they can also contact you. Now then, we did write down your website that's right, yes. Which certainly. is com, And then you were quite happy to give out your mobile number if anyone yes. wanted to book you. You've... I do ask if, if I can have, maybe if you want to book a party, that's brilliant. But if you could at least gather four people together. Mm. Um, a minimum of just, four, That's yes. right, I mm. ask for. And if you want to give my mobile number, that's lovely. Right, yes, it's zero seven seven seven. that's three sevens. Zero triple seven five six one eight four seven two. Yes, thank so, you. So thank you very much, Rhoda. My pleasure. That has been very entertaining, <laughs> and I'm sure to go on one of your walks would be uh, twice as much. Oh, I'd love to have at you least. On a walk. It's great fun. <laughs> okay, so this is Susan signing out from inside Yorkshire. Mm-hmm.